Okay, so I guess we can start running this. So this episode is, I just titled it right now because I, I, I was trying to think, and it's titled Cage of Gold. And I'll get to the point of that, but hopefully the, the topics will tie in. Uh, last week we talked about fear. We're still trying to stay around focus, the, or I guess having focus and working on working on our focus, right? Working as in general. Uh, and I was watching uh, Jocko podcast number ninety one, and this is the first Q and A he's done in a couple because I know he had for number ninety he had a, a guest, really awesome. I think he was a vet, uh, Vietnam vet. I think it was a medal, medal of honor recipient, but it was awesome. Anyways, uh, so I started listening to the new one. Usually I listen on Wednesdays, but I did it this Wednesday. And so I started listening to it, I think, yesterday morning. So this was Saturday morning. Today's already Sunday. And uh, one of the qu- one of the topics, because he's good about putting topics per, like, the time, time frame or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the title of the topic was Being Decisive Versus Carefulness. That's what it was in general, and and when he first started talking, it was like, okay, I, I kind of get it, you know. And of course, it it, it led back to aggressive decision making, but versus not making a decision, just like pondering, basically feedback loops. That's what we, that's what I've kind of revolved around. Like you, you go into a feedback loop, and then nothing ends up being n- right. ends up being uh, done or dealt with, right? Uh, but the first thing that caught my mind because of uh, something that happened this week was burning bridges, because. Uh, Jocko brings up, you know, don't burn your bridges. Mm-hmm. The example he gives is like starting a new business. You know, right now a lot of business gurus and idea gurus and whatnot say, oh, if you're, you know, and this is and this is some somewhat reiteration of Jocko, but it's it's what we hear. It's, at least it's what I hear. You know, if you're committed, you know, be committed to that one thing and put your effort into it. And you know, uh, the good thing about like Jocko and like Gary Vee and them is that they. Also say, you know, for one, don't quit your day job, you know, and, you know, make sure the way Jocko put it was like once the balance tips, that's when you can like actually go into it like f- more full time. Right. And uh, but the the pre- one of the premises that I want to start with is burning bridges. And I was wondering if you've ever dealt with burning bridges or if you've ever seen it happen. I've seen it happen in, in multiple ways, um, but I, w- I wonder uh, if you have or not. I I have <coughs> when I was uh when I was working my first job, my first banking job, mm. I I quit with like a three day notice. Um so that that automatically makes me unrehirable f- there. But to be honest, I it's not like I ever wanted to go back there anyway. Um to me that was like a stepping stone. It was very helpful at the time, but yeah. it was just a stepping stone. Um Going back there would kind of be like taking a step back. Right. So I I did sort of burn that bridge with the company, but I still talked to some of the people that I I worked with at that branch. And, you know, some of them we became friends and then others I know that I can still count on. Um, Like they've moved on to other banks. So if I ever maybe decided to move to a different bank or something like that, maybe I could contact them. Right, right, Um, right. So I, I burned a bridge with the company, but... I th- I feel like I kind of developed other bridges through that company as well, through the people that I, I, I like worked with. Like the relationship with the people. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah, it is because that's kind of what I what I I like I like to give value or 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 obtain value from from every relationship, 
but on the same token, did you, were you thinking in that in that sense back then? No, that wasn't like honestly, I didn't I didn't think I'd I'd have, I'd still be in touch with with any of those people. I I I kind of felt like, um, I'm moving on and and kind of <laughs> gonna leave everything behind me, everyone. But no, it 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 worked out well. I still talked to to a few of those people and and um, like I said, I know that that. If I needed maybe some some help or a reference or something, I could I could go to them for that. Yeah. Like I was gonna say, like on the same token, I I feel that maybe I because I like to give value to relationships. I like to you know have valuable relationships. I also feel that maybe I in a sense I burn bridges with other people in social relationships, but not necessarily business or anything like that, but sometimes if if I don't really feel like that person brings me value or I bring value to them, I just kind of not necessarily end that relationship, but i don't I don't bother to to grow it and it's just like you know we're we're too we're too different we're we're not we there's not a lot of common ground I'll say at some at some interest. point. And it's interesting because this kind of like that the whole tribe concept. Mm-hmm. That yeah. it's, it's kind of. It's, I guess so. It seems like everything's falling into that because of like social media, because of the way we communicate now. Um, that that it, it. I mean, in general, that's what mm-hmm. it kind of is, and it it's one. It's it's in, it's also interesting because people are, are they get kind of flustered. They maybe they even get frustrated with like that they're not ex- like they they want in a sense world domination, but in the way things are working now, it's like understanding that you don't have to you don't need that you know and it's much better to have a good circle of people Mm -hmm. that that, you know and i think i think there is such thing as like break breaking boundaries to try to help at least influence people if you if you mean well for them but if it's just something general i think it's okay to just let them go or or just let it let it go Mm -hmm. you know i think i think there's a there's a dichotomy there in itself where you you push and pull too hard and you you want to force your thoughts into their brain, and and at some point, it's not grabbing, and you and 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 some people get frustrated with that. It's like, oh well, you know, they don't know what's right because they don't believe. Or in in that sense, yeah. I just, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that people say it like that, mm-hmm. but I I do mean that you know I think when you try to force your ideas into somebody, uh, and then you get frustrated. It's like, well, how big is your ego? You know, like yeah. I, I I as I'm talking out loud, you know, I kind of feels like what it goes what it, what it goes into you know where it's like you you start at least now as you know 20 I'll be 26 in you know a couple of months and but our age group particularly it seems like we're more a little more understanding as far as like our circles you know it's not so harsh now there's some people that are our age that is like okay dude check your ego like it's all good you don't not everybody needs to like you. I'm not saying people don't. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's not like people don't, people don't like you. You know, it's like just, you don't have to have the acceptance of everybody. Yeah. And that comes back to like, I think that ties in a lot of like the PC thing too, maybe. Like political correctness and you know, saying things so that you can be right or be uh, seen as truthful when maybe mm. your intentions are in your head. You're not thinking that. So it's not genuine even though you want to be genuine. Mm-hmm. Uh that's interesting. That's 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 good. I was I honestly wonder what your answer was. I have totally different like circumstances I'm bring up mm-hmm. in the workplace, but uh, I was curious to what you mean. That's interesting. Cause I actually forgot about the IBC thing. Like your 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 yeah. banker that that first bank teller mm-hmm. job. Um, I had actually forgotten about it because I remember when we talked about it, and I was like, man, like you're in, you're just gonna quit. And you're like, yeah. I'm, just, I'm like, 
fuck. Like, cause in my, I'm like, fuck. like it, it makes it cause you know, at least we were kind of taught, you know, don't, you know, kind of mitigate that transition yeah. in a sense, you know, for me, especially during college though. and okay. Yeah. Like they, they, it was already in my manager's head and my supervisor's head that you weren't <coughs> going to be there forever. That as soon as I, I graduated, I was going to be That's out. right. Yeah. So and you literally graduated so and you kind of moved on. Well, they right? knew, they had already knew for a while, right? Okay. But I didn't give my official two weeks. I, 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 and up, officially I gave like three days. Yeah. But like everybody else already knew that I was heading out. It was already, uh huh. So, words being exchanged probably about. Yeah, and they were already training somebody to kind of replace me. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. That's what happened there. Right. Yeah. And the only thing I, because I, I told Brian about a business situation that I came across this weekend uh, of someone quitting or getting fired. And he, regardless of what the situation was, one of the variables that came up over conversation uh, for me with uh, earlier was like the possibility of like stealing, you know, stealing. And, and so my thought behind that is like, man, like, I don't know if people realize how critical that can be, you know? And, and I, and one of my, one of my arguments for them was that they will, they will say, Oh, I just won't put it on my resume if they don't, you know, and it doesn't matter. You know, if, it, if it's not there, it doesn't exist, but it's like, man, like this is, and this is a very much a me, th- this is another me thing where it's like, man, I, I couldn't do that. Even now I still put like whatever's required of like the application. I still put everything as factual as possible. Cause Luis asked me that actually the other day. Uh, last week, because he was with me last week, he's not with me this weekend. Uh, but we we're talking, and he asked. I think he was asking about applications, because I was. Well, because we already, I was already in the talk with Frankie, John, yeah. <laughs> about his application, right? And and me and Luis were talking about it. And I'm like, dude, I've I've honest, I've honestly never lied on on an application. And I hear people doing it all the time, like in yeah. college, even people that I knew in college, like they do it all, and it's it's no factor for them. And it, I mean, that's that that's their thing. Mm-hmm. They have to deal with whatever reciprocal action is taken. But I I have yet to do it, and I I don't see myself doing it because it's like I I I I, can't, I literally cannot sleep at night if I do that, knowing that I did. Yeah. Something that unfa- untruthful. Unfa- and to me, it's crazy how you hear stories of, of people lying and getting the job. Yeah. And it's like, dang. And like, it, it makes me think, like, that's easy. Like, really? Right. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like so one thing that just crossed my mind right now is we're talking that is this is, episode, this is like episode three, bro, of, of this podcast, Moving mm-hmm. With Life, where we, I had brought up Donald Trump and then uh, good managers and bad managers and whatnot. And you, one of your questions was... Uh, you know, do people fall through their cracks? Mm-hmm. And one of the ways they fall through their cracks is by lying on application. My final argument is will always be that you eventually get caught. Yeah. You know, uh, my primary example, when I was working retail, we used to have these kids come in during the summer, and they're 16, 17 years old, and we have a we at, at the place I was at, there was a, you could get gift cards. And... This one kid, he was like 16, 17 years old. Well, and I, st- I don't remember his name, but I, c- I remember his face. I remember his attitude. I remember his face. I even remember what kind of car he drove. or It was a truck. Um, but he was basically siphoning gift cards. Where like he would go to the register, cash a gift card out, then return the gift card and take the cash out of the drawer. Mm-hmm. Over time of like three weeks. So obviously in three weeks, like he had done it a number of times. Not just like... Right. Three times in three weeks, okay, you can kind of siphon, you can kind of like maybe get away with it. Mm. But he did, I have to argue, several. 
So then when they called him into the office and the LPs on the phone, which is loss prevention, is on the phone. The store manager's there, and the assistant manager who basically caught him through like the reports was there, and it's like, you know, why'd you do it? And the biggest thing is like asking a kid, because this goes back to asking a kid. This kid's in high school. Yeah. He's not even a senior. He was like a. He was. I think he was barely gonna be a junior, mm-hmm. and he's already like doing these things in work in the in the workplace. And so I think the LP asked him, uh, you know, why'd you do it? He's like, well, I didn't think I'd get caught. That was his answer, and and it's interesting because. In a, I guess in addition to, like, naivete is, you know, it's like, dude, there's computers and there's tracking. Like, like everything's we, being everything, logged. And especially gift cards because at this particular store, gift cards were popular during during the season, like Christmas and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but not on a, in, the, in the summer. You know, maybe 4th of July, maybe Father's Day. Mm-hmm. You know, Father's Day more than 4th of July. But in general, it's like, no, like, I'd, I will have to say, like, there's there ha- there's loopholes like there, you can definitely get away with it if you do it during the right time, mm-hmm. but still like you have to like think about like that deep you know like, and I'm not willing to do that I just know that you, c- but to me it's like anything else you know there's loopholes but then again okay h- how are you gonna sleep at night because I know for me I cannot sleep at night if something yeah. like that happens you know, uh, but anyways like yeah I didn't think I could call my like, dude we get notice of every single gift card those are the first of the list gift cards. And uh, we had like membership cards, right? So those were, if anything was returned or bought, those are the first things that come up in the reports the next day. So, dude, <laughs> even at 20, 30 bucks a card, you know, if you're doing a few a week, that's still over 100 bucks yep. that you're siphoning, quote unquote. And it, it's interesting because then, like, his, my question, I, I never figured this out, but like, how he had to, ma- he had to make his drawer come out even because there's no cash flow. Yeah, yeah, because there's no, there's no cash in or cash out. It's, mm-hmm. it's on the computer. And it's like, man, he had to have balanced out his drawer somehow to make it right. You know, it's like it was so crazy. Uh, but that was probably my that's probably my biggest one that I want to bring up now because when when Jocko brought up burning bridges, um, it 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 made me tie in like, okay, I I want to continue on this path of bringing up topics that we can talk about because we've experienced them. You know, one of my things that I am trying to stay near and dear to is like, you know, I can't preach to somebody something that I haven't done before or haven't experienced myself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like hopefully that can tie in with focus, that can tie in with like maneuvering appropriately, you know, wandering, not wandering, you know, last week's top, last week's, last week's title, excuse mm-hmm. me. Uh, but yeah, Burning Bridges was that one. And the, the one of the main examples uh, Jocko brings up is basically uh, quitting your job to start your small business. Mm-hmm. Yet you have no foundation yet. And his example is widgets. I'm assuming he worked with somebody that has to do with widgets, like a small business with widgets online. And, you know, and, and he, we, he went a little further as far as, like, this guy wanted he – he was by himself. He wanted to hire six people to expand his business. So Jocko asked him, well, how many do you need? One or two was the answer. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, just get one. <laughs> Jocko like, just get one. And then proceed from there, make it a little more progressive, and uh, instead of six, because then the, even the guys like you know, but if this doesn't work, then I'm gonna go belly up, and I have a family, I have kids, I have to feed them and whatnot. And Jack was like, wait, well, for more reason to just let it grow a little more organically, you know, keep developing your widgets, keep developing your product, whatever that is, and uh, and so that was his, but that was his topic, that was the way he tied in like burning bridges and uh, making decisions 
versus being too careful. Because then you can be too careful and you're like you're thinking like, oh, should I do six or one? Should I do six or one? Six or one? Six or one? You're back and forth, back and forth. By the time you know that you've lost three hours, by the time you know you've lost four days left, by the time you know you've lost a whole pay period of like nothing moving and now nothing's been done, you know? Yeah. It's that same example of uh, I th- uh, that we brought up. I brought up from Tim Ferriss of, uh, and he got it from somebody, but it's uh, that donkey, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't drink water. He doesn't eat the food. He ends up dying because yeah. he, he, he makes no decision at all at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, and I like, I like to read it down because I feel like that one's very uh, relatable. You know, at least for us, at least for us now. And uh, I had to say in our campaign of making better decisions and a little more quicker than we are, than we used to. And right. A little more strategic, but, you know, also quicker. Not taking too long on the feedback loop. Mm-hmm. So, I wanted to bring up... So, this is my transition of dichotomy of decision-making. You know, making a decision versus not. And the question I wanted to bring up, because I feel like Brian has made a lot of progress, is, you know, how has your decision-making evolved? And the reason why I'm bringing that up is because you're... you're now making decisions on uh on your products, which is the, t- the t-shirt designs. Mm-hmm. Like you have one, which is the uh, I need space, and you have another one that I wanna I don't wanna reveal yet because I I really like it and like I'm like really stoked to like promote that whenever whenever we get whenever you get that settled, then for me to yeah. get my own t-shirt and <laughs> wear it myself at at shows, which would be so so like dichotomy of that itself because I'm being at a live show with you know a right. couple a few hundred people. And I'm gonna wear this like super introverted shirt, so it's gonna be <laughs> awesome. Uh, and I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. like I I. I I'm looking forward to being that. Anyways, so how has how has your decision making evolved? What do you think has affected like that where you're you feel okay, you know, let, let now I can I can do this. Cuz you found your niche. I feel like you do that pretty quick, but now decision making of like okay, what designs you want to go with? What do you want to roll out? Honestly, I think it's it's kind of necessity and thriving under pressure. Like certain circumstances have have taken place and that have almost pressured me to to make decisions um so so i definitely think it's it's crack it's all right no it's all right it's it's the cable Go ahead. so I, I definitely think that it's kind of like outside circumstances that have pushed me to kind of make decisions quicker um but i I'm, at the same time i, I feel that <coughs> excuse me at the same time i feel that you know a lot of these people that were listening to things that were reading like they they helped me make those decisions quicker like if i had just been pressured without all of this other knowledge then i may not make the right decisions i'd make a decision maybe quick but not with like the right um like parameters or criteria and yeah. and now it's kind of like n- i'm i'm choosing my path a little more carefully with a little more knowledge but the driving factor has definitely been just pressure of outside circumstances yeah yeah and even i actually had this conversation with my mom earlier about set circumstances uh, in general because one thing that I've realized is that, oh, because she was talking about, like, some people that she knows and, like, their kids. And and at some point, one of the sons of, of this person, uh, like, they went through their I, – I call it transition. It's, I, I don't have a specific – more specific word, but for now I call it transitions, where he went through his transition at 22. And, and, and I, what I want to say is, like, Everybody goes through that. Like you have your outside circumstances that are making you, that are driving you, and it's like I had mine when I was 18. I first tried to leave home. I came back home, and then I finally like got my head clear and I went and I got everything done that I, at, at in this in a sense I felt like, I felt like I needed to get done. Yeah. But I still call it a transition period where not everybody has gone through theirs yet, and I'm realizing who has and who hasn't. 
because I think that's one of the drivers to make people make decisions. Mm-hmm. That you know you're 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 not careless, but you're almost careless to 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 want to jump on something to get it done. You know, yeah. in this sense, in your sense you have your outside circumstances. Boom, decision making a little quicker. You know, you're not pondering too far. You're letting things actually come to fruition. Then let that time that because even then. For one of the, for your designs, you outsource like the making the ve- the vector yeah. file. Mm-hmm. So even that, like let's say you ship out the idea, like hey, I need this. Even then, you have time to keep pondering, keep pondering. Because even when you show me this desi- the newer design, um, you show it to me is like man, like there's something missing. You know, there's a curve missing or whatever with the font. Mm-hmm. So you know, you have that. You send it back. Then then when you send me this final one, it's like man, you know. But even then, time has already passed again. But at least there's progress, there's yeah. movement, there's progression in like all this creation you know mm-hmm. um so what i okay I, and this is perfect tailing because i this is i kind of saw this happening and it kind of made me stoked about it anyways uh so my third point is idea triggers mm-hmm. so do you have anything that that like i call them mode i mean i call them modes now just i couldn't think of a better word maybe medium would be the same word but something that sparks your ideas like whenever you're like do you have to like that like, i guess do you have to sit at your desk and just think about that topic or does something trigger it? For me, it's books. Honestly, I, I still haven't figured that out. I don't know what triggers I, my ideas. Okay. I feel that I've I've always had ideas on on a lot of different things, um, whether it's something functional, whether it's it's design and in design in all aspects, like design of a building of, yeah, a, of a house. Yeah, going back to architecture. That's yeah, what we yeah. used to talk about before there was a podcast. Yeah. So, <laughs> so for me, it's like I've always had like some type of ideas. And I, I never used to, like, write them down or anything. And they're just kind of stored in my brain. Um, sometimes I can recall them. Sometimes I can't. Right, um, right. But I think for the most part what helps me develop ideas is not, like, sitting at my desk. and Although sometimes I do have ideas just sitting there, yeah. sitting at my desk doing work or, you know, whatever. Um, but I think most of my ideas come from... from experiencing different things and and seeing different things happen and and then i think the variety of 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 things that i see and i experience sort of form you know other ideas that that end up you know just what do you call it they just come to me you know yeah 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 but but for me it's definitely it helps my it helps me my like i guess my creative side when i'm i'm doing different things i'm experiencing different things i'm I'm watching different things, you know. It it's I think it's the diversity of of what I'm experiencing that that helps me come up with ideas, mm-hmm. and not necessarily just kind of sitting in like a cube. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just being totally isolated. To yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I just wonder because wh- and I wrote this in my blog uh, this week because it, it crossed my mind. Uh, it had to do with uh, was it? This had to be, well, I wrote one ha- having to do with potential. No, it was on that same one. So my my most reach, recent blog post was, uh, it's called Human Potential. And I was having a conversation with friend Yoli, and we were talking, whatever, and then I don't know if I said everyone has potential or if she brought up, like, the fact that she, she says she has no potential. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, I mean, it's just a matter of time before I get it out of you. Like, it's there, right? And this was on her way out of the gym, whatever. It was all, it was all good. Uh, but it made me think, and, and as, I, as I was typing... I finally got to like at least one of my creation uh, creative drivers is like reading books like mm-hmm. that is one of mine because dude even when I'm 
I read Meditations. I finally I finished it. it. Took me actually a couple like two extra days to finish it because, um, it just it's just a lot of it's just a lot to take in. It's a, yeah. it's it's one of those books that I'm gonna use next year. That my goal for next year is to read it once a month. Like it's it's that if I can just revert to that. Like I told you, Brian. Uh, I think even earlier this week, maybe even last week, as I was reading it, anytime I felt like upset, I go read that book. Mm-hmm. I go read just even if even if it was a few passages or whatever. Just to get my head on straight again. Just because, like, man, something bothered me. Okay, internalize just for a second and, you know, come back to, well, stoicism. You know, that mindset of stoicism, you know. Uh, it's one thing to be, I guess, one thing that separates stoicism from, like, nihilism is, you know, the optimism of taking action mm-hmm. and doing that, you know. And because nothing matters, that's why you want to take all the action you can. Because yeah. the the retort from people the 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 feedback the negative feedback in particularly from people doesn't matter that's what matters more mm-hmm. than their than their stuff matter you know so you want to yeah. take action because like who cares what about the negative feedback and this still ties into like tribes you know finding those people that agree with you um at least to where you can continue making your movement now i wonder where this is going to lead to cuz i feel like now that this is out in the air you know, as this comes to fruition more and more and talking about tribes, talking about stoicism, mindset. Um, I do wonder how this will evolve. But anyways, uh, reading books, like I'll read, I'll sit there and I, I, like I said on, on the blog was for most of the books that I know that I know have to do with leadership, like I stay in tune pretty good. But then after like maybe like the first hour of reading, I start wandering. Mm-hmm. But then I let myself wander because that's where my ideas have come out. You know, like because right, right. even now, like I have like a couple of like plaque ideas. I'm just, I'm just plaque ideas and shirt ideas that I want to come up with that at least I have the I have the general idea there. But that those came from reading, mm-hmm. not to mention our conversation with Brian about his products. And then, OK, what can I do? That's not. Our, and that, luckily, what I'm happy about is that. I have found something that hasn't been done yet. It has mm-hmm. to do with stoicism. I told Brian what it was, and I'll, I'll eventually reveal that, and everybody will get to see it. So it'll be cool. But um, it's it's interesting because even when I when I was talking with Yoli about like the product, she's like, "Oh, are you, you going to go?" Because originally, and I, I don't know if people remember this. For those of you keeping up, is like this was like several episodes ago. Like I would say, over maybe even close to ten episodes ago, where I mentioned uh, that I wanted to make office supplies with like positive sayings. I think I said, I, it revolved around positive sayings and office supplies. Mm-hmm. So then Yoli's like, Hey, so how is that going? I'm like, actually, it's actually turned into this. And I actually like this better. Uh, because it's a little more, it's a little more narrow in the sense. I think it'll, it'll, it'll get people. How, how can I say this? It'll, it'll, uh, It'll allow people. It'll allow more people to understand, because the concept's simpler. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas I think like I think I can still use the office supply thing for something in the future, but it's not going to be for what I actually want to do now with stoicism. And then, uh, what was I going to do for the t-shirts? Uh, oh, just simple sayings that I yeah. that I'm that I'm simple sayings, simple concepts that I have developed, or I feel like at least while it's been, uh, what's the word? While it's been. Um, simmering but that's not the word uh maybe subconsciously gained 
through the guy like again J- me and Brian were talking about right, right now as far as like Seth Godin, Jocko, uh Tim Ferris, Jordan Peterson has been a big one this past week with those even those two do those two videos that, that I uh showed, mm-hmm. sent to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The procre- one procrastination and then there's another one I'll, p- I'll post both of the, both of the links so you, people can watch them. But with those two alone like I've just been letting that simmer on its own. So anyways, uh through a lot of subconscious dealings it's like that's led me to like these products, which has still stirred further from reading, um, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely my mode that I and what I finished off of my blog was like, you know, like reading people use reading to learn and study. And some people use use it to just clutter facts in their brain and they stay there and like they just sit there. Mm-hmm. And eventually. I guess we could argue that subconsciously, like even though the facts are just sitting there at some point, your action shows what you, whatever you think and whatever. Uh, but for me, that that's what I am seeing that I can probably use reading for while I continue through this process. Um, Cause like even the, the next book I'm going to read, it's right here in front of Brian. Uh, it's called kidnapped. It's actually a three book series. It's a, it's a, it's a child cause it's by scholastic. And the thing is that one of the summers that I worked at the like the summer camp daycare thing that I did, mm-hmm, yeah, um, I read part one in that summer because they had the, they had book one there in, at that school. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, man, this book's really good. So my mom went out and bought me book two and three, and I never this was this was already seven years ago, yeah. and I never read I never because she bought me the books like within a year of me reading book one. And the cool thing, like now they're it's puppy because they're super short. Like for at least for me, like they're like maybe like not even a hundred pages. Like oh that's 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 a day. You yeah. know, that's easy. Uh, but she's like, oh, you never read your books, and I never gave them away because I was like, oh, maybe maybe I'll get to them. And now that I'm on my reading spree, it's like okay now. I'm, I, and I read book number two really quick. Um, and actually, I read that one along with with the old breed. I read those at the same time because my <laughs> my hilarious. Or at least for me, it's hilarious. My initial goal was to read a. Uh, a nonfiction book in the morning and a fiction book at night and make that be my stem of like a book a week. So it's really two books a week yeah. and it's not impossible, but I eventually fell off that. Cause like I was tired. I was just, fit- my brain was just All tired reading and yeah, dude. like your brain is in one place and then the next in the afternoon. Yeah. 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 It was two different places. So an hour of, you know, factual stuff, especially, you know, dealing with world war two and then, an, and then an hour at night, you know, that it's like, oh my God, like, it, while I love both books and I took a lot out, out of both books, like, okay, no, let me just do a book a week and stay normal, you know, because yeah. even if I can stay on a book a week for a year, it's still 52 books, you know, uh, supposedly, it used, to, it used to be a book a week, now there's new articles, quote unquote, and I'm not, I'm not even going to give you links, you can probably type it in, but like, uh, supposedly like the new number of books CEOs are reading per year or 60, so it's up by eight. So that's interesting because I know like a book like Kidnapped, a book like The Dip, Seth Godin, um, those books that I finished in 24 hours. If, if I read a ton of books like that, yes. But if you read Meditations, if you read it under seven days, under seven days, like if you get, I think in seven days it's p- possible. Mm-hmm. But I, I, my argument, unless you spend every single day only reading that book, it t- it'll take you at least seven days to read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Um, that's my argument, and I'm going to stick to it because – if you read it and you you let it get to you and you let it get in your brain, there's some really awesome stuff in there that definitely helped my mindset and just like I said, keep me on track. And especially if I'm ever, even now like this particular two weeks, like 
and there's just small petty things that get me frustrated now for I think because like I have a lot of macros like controlled <laughs> so like a yeah. lot of small stuff get get to me so and it's not and it's nothing like business wise it's more like just personal it's it's personal communication stuff that gets to me mm-hmm. because to me that does tie into my macro of like having good communication with people and I want to have that good communication with people so when I go through that and it's like it's stuff that I, I can't let go so I just go read a couple a couple of sentences by Marcus Aurelius and I okay I'm good I'm good okay we can continue you know I can continue little on. words of wisdom <laughs> yeah just to get me back on track yeah as I keep reiterating but it's like it's it's important. And I, I know uh, communication is important too. Uh, so now we're gonna. I want to shift gears in here on purpose because um, I had a fifth topic, but I didn't have a fourth topic. Okay. And the reason why I had a fifth topic is because I feel like the fifth topic can tie in everything mm-hmm. together. And uh, so I'm like, man, what am I gonna do for the fourth topic? And I was like, well, I had already done three. I mean, in, essentially three. Uh, Three things that me and Brian, I knew me and Brian could talk about, you know, burning bridges, dichotomy of decision-making, you know, idea triggers. Those are my, the top three. And I'm like, okay, that's business. I'm like, man, like I could either continue on that or I could find something else. So I, I kept listening to Jocko 91, episode number 91. And he goes on to like some jujitsu stuff and some other stuff that, uh, being a leader and slacking. I was like, oh, I could go into that, but it's like, man, like I feel like it didn't tie in with the fifth. Like I couldn't transition that to the fifth one. So I was like, well, what if I do because my initial goal was to go was just to pause here type in news.com or type in news on the internet and then we pick up a topic mm-hmm. a current event right yeah just some, some type of current event and so i'm like well let me see what po- let me see what pops up when i put this in so i did it before this and and i kept going i, I scored a little bit because it was just i i didn't do it right so i ended up going like to yahoo.com slash news and while I hadn't, for, I didn't forget about it because I'm very into because like, like I said, yesterday the 9th was Luis's 16th birthday. Then the 10th, then, you know, tomorrow's 9-11. So I was like, 9-11. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ah, let, let, let's go there. So I, 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 do, I did want to go there and, you know, people would think about it. So it's been 16 years since 9-11. I was 9, going to be 10. Luis was born literally two days before 9-11. He was born 2001, 9-9-2001. So that that's one thing. Uh, Sixteen years, we're nine, ten, or I guess for people listening, you were either nine or ten years old, or maybe you're older and you already had a job, or maybe you're in college. How how was your you know what were your feelings in college? And I I wonder. My question is, over the past sixteen years, that I want because I, I do I do want to keep this optimistic in the sense of like we're living, we're alive, we're this is very I, I feel like very stoic, you know, as far as like mm-hmm. keeping that stoic mindset of like, you know, we're here, like we can do there's a lot of things we can do. And for for me and Brian and for you list for you all listening, you know, what's been a favor favorable moment over the past sixteen years? And it's hard because sixteen years we've done and a lot. even the, in the past two years we've done a lot. Mm-hmm. So seven years it's been seven years since we graduated. It's been sixteen years since 9-11 and and i'm i'm not asking for maybe even one particular one but just something remarkable that you can think of off the top of your head that you know something like that 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 is remarkable like man like that happened you know x amount of years ago or you know maybe it's helped transition the past 16 years i think one of the the most memorable remarkable favorable moments within the last 16 years was 
how long ago? Or like seven years ago, when when I made state, like oh yeah, 2010. For me, that in the spring. Yeah, for me that was like, I kind of it kind of proved to myself that I could achieve something like that, because mm-hmm. for me it was I just I never thought I was the best, you know, saxophone player. I, I never really considered myself to be at that caliber. I just enjoyed doing it, so yeah. I did it. And, you know, I always did kind of what my directors asked of me. And surprisingly, and, you know, not to sound cocky, like it, it came pretty simple to me to meet their standards. And eventually the standards, I guess, just kind of kept kept growing, you know, like mm-hmm. each time it was just another another step above and above. And it just I just kept doing that. And I didn't think that that each step I took was going to lead me to making you know, second chair in the state of Texas. Yeah. And when I when I got to that level, it was just like, you know what? Like, I can do great things. Like, things that I, I didn't really see myself doing before. I was like, no, this is this is what it takes. All you got to do is you know put the work in. And you put a lot of work in when, yeah. you, when when you started climbing and and you being with you know or with your with your individual individual mm-hmm. director and whatnot. Did you ever get like an outside tech co- like come in or director or nothing? No. It was always just it was, it was well, always the main director and like yeah. or, or, or the two like your saxophone director and then our head director. Uh huh. It was it was always them two, and there was maybe two or three instances where before like a major um, competition, he would take me to to a director like from another school okay who had like all staters in the past and had like other techniques other advice to give me Mm. and i'd have a lesson with them and they they did they gave me you know new new things to try that that i still even when i just dabble here and there i i still do right you know i'll if anybody knows like uh woodwinds out there Mm -hmm. you know you know the reed now I, I wet the butt of the reed, not just the tip, but the other side too, because it, it, it helps the vibration along the entire the entire reed, not just at the, the tip. So that was one piece of advice that they gave me, and, and I still use it now because it did make a, a, a slight difference at the time, and it was just value. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that moment really, it made me realize that, you know, there may be things that are very, very improbable, but not quite impossible. You just kind of need to put the work and effort, and um, if you if you stick to it, if you dedicate it, and of course you have to enjoy it. Um, but if you follow all of that, then you can get to very, very remarkable places. Yeah, and, and it's interesting in that in itself. Talking about like, and this actually ties in with even like decision making, where you know you, you you're thinking big, you want to go big. So you like in this case, like in the case of like you know hiring six new people when you only need one or two, you know. But in your case, you know, taking your incremental steps to achieve that success, and then finally in your macros, like hell yeah, like you like you have actually completed this awesome task, mm-hmm. and you are at and at that time you know you're this what you what chair were you or you made well you made state second they, chair they take, in the state they take okay so, but they only take two. From well at an area how, how do they, at an area they how do they they take one, so because each each time they they take like a different amount, but at area it's tough because it's our in our area I forget, it was like from Alice South, mm-hmm. so there was like seven seven people trying out and they only take one. That's what yeah from yeah, area right. they take one to state and at state it was like another, like eight of us eight or nine of us. So and then from the entire state. 
you were still the top two. But that's, that's, that's my yeah, whole point. From the point. entire state, I was you second. Were, you, were, you were in the top two. Mm-hmm. Where even at state, you had to compete for two chairs where there's eight, eight or nine of you. Well, no, there at there was there was nine chairs. We were just competing for the order. Oh, okay, okay. So, so they still took nine. Okay, to so state. nine. Okay, that that's more my question of mm-hmm. like how many did how many made it to state? Nine. So nine you, of us okay, made it so to state, and then I came out second and missed first chair by one point. Gotcha. Okay, okay, th- and see, I I just didn't. It's just that's something I didn't know. I I, I wondered how many went to state, and that's interesting that they only take. Uh, oh no, they take the nine or eight or nine. But you only compete for a chair taught for chairs. Yeah. So that's, that's once you're cool. there, like right. your first day at the, the your like weekend at state starts on a Wednesday. Mm. When you get there, <laughs> your weekend starts on a Wednesday. Yeah, sounds like you, our weekends now. When you <laughs> get there, yeah. <laughs> when you Go get ahead. there on a Wednesday, you you have another like chair test, and and it's it's the music that you're gonna play for the concert yeah. or excerpts from from that, yeah. those pieces. And you guys happen to have John Mackey. Yeah. Which, if people don't know who John Mackey is, just type in John Mackey on YouTube and just listen to yeah, just listen to his music. It's amazing. Anyways, continue. So yeah, so you get there on a Wednesday and and you just compete for your chair and it's it's kind of awkward because I think for the most part, well for me, for the most part, you know, I had been competing against like the same people every year, and then this is my first time making it this far, and it's like these these guys that are like, you know. As good as me, not not in a cocky way. They're just we're all at the same caliber, and it's yeah. hard to distinguish who's gonna end up on top. Right. So right. so we're there, and you know you you get to hear each other play, and and you're just there, very very nervous because we all sound the same. It's like how I, do they know? Right, right. What 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 are they listening? To? And I wonder, like let let's just say you continue continued on a on a classical training track, right? And you eventually became one of those judges. Like, I mean, that that's interesting too. How your mind would develop in that. Yeah, sense. your mind and your ear. Like, you have to listen for the slightest, whether it's like a like a mistake or the slightest just detail that makes you yeah. that just puts just you variance, a, a just, hair yeah, yeah. over the next person. And even then, would you would you have to say that some of that's like point like point of view in a sense, like ear view? You know, like like certain like ear to ear. You know, like it varies. Like people hear things differently. I think in a, I mean, in, a sen- yeah. in a sense, in a sense, I, I I'm not saying that's the that's the only factor, but mm-hmm. like it's like point of view. We all have, I, we talked about this last week, where you know, four people crash, or no, one, one person crashes and you have four people witness it. Yeah. You have four different points of view. And 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 Who's yes, right, I, I do think that a lot of the times with that music, like it was about the judge's preference. You know, maybe he didn't like you taking a breath there. Or At maybe some he point, didn't like. He heard it so a certain mm-hmm. way. He didn't like your articulation here. He would have right. preferred you slurred these two notes rather than maybe staccato or, yeah. or whatever. Or hold out the whole quarter. Note yeah, like it. A lot of the times, it is it is kind of you know based on preference. But I feel that when you are in that panel of judges, your your preference is around you know a certain radius that yeah. that you're like. Everybody's still in like a mm-hmm. in a little circle. Yeah, <laughs> and I and, and like it's I said, crazy. it's it's little things that kind of you're you're just splitting hairs, and and goes to show because I I missed first chair by one point. One point. That's it was crazy. that's that's how close you know the what, decision did your, was. Did you get your comments? Do you know what, you, what your comments were? Do you remember? I mean, I know it's I been don't a while. Remember. It's been a while. Yeah, but. I don't remember. But. I just know that that our our head director told me he's like, you know, you missed it by one point. I was like. <laughs> I would rather not be told that. Well, I didn't. He just told me like I didn't. I didn't right, ask. Right, he was right, just right, like, right. And that, but see, that's something like, hey man, congratulations on making second. Like, good job. You know, like. Uh, but that's more of a new thing that I've learned now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, not. I wouldn't have said 
why am I gonna make it worse for like make you no feel, no and I I feel, feel I feel bad. But I feel good at the same time because it's like I only missed you it by only, one point. Okay, that's the like I, I, might, I might as well be the best in the state, which right. isn't isn't depends on how you take it, right? Isn't right, good right, for right. your ego, but it it made me feel that much better okay. about what I what I had accomplished. Like it was that close, and uh, and it made me feel it's good. Like like, awesome, right? Right? Yeah, right. I, that makes sense. I'm not second best. Like I, I'm I'm right there. Yeah, like, you're, you know, you're inching. Yeah, yeah. you're you're, you're inching. And away. of course, at that point, it's kind of like, well, you know, it's already over. We're and this is my senior year. Like I'm. In my head, I was like, I'm never going to touch music again. At least not, yeah, not you, in that you, way. Yeah, you were very much on a, yeah. a path after call, after high school. Sorry. Yeah. You were not. And, and yeah, I, I remember that yeah, as far as you already had your set. As far as, you know, music after mm-hmm. high school, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, so to me, it was just it was, it was was just a, more of a compliment yeah, that yeah. I missed it by one point. Cool. Well, that's good because I know, it's, I mean, the dichotomy in ourselves right here is like, I would have been like, fuck, like, at least... Especially now, as as a as a head director, I wouldn't have said. I would have said, "Hey, man, congrats! You know, good job." I would, I would have left it at that. I wouldn't have not. I wouldn't even mention. I wouldn't want to give you the slightest doubt of yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's me now. It's yeah. a whole different thing now. But not to me, it was the opposite. It yeah, just gave that's me good. A that's bit good. More. That's good. That's good. I don't know how I would have taken it then. I I really don't. I I don't know. And and even then, what 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 honestly aggravated me? I don't know if it was junior or senior year, uh, but it had to do with like all valley. It might have been senior year because I, I, I had a similar mindset in the sense of like, okay, this is my last year. I won't make it worth it. Like, I love – March Band was my shit. That, that mm-hmm. was my thing and whatever. And, and cool interesting thing is like even the directors gave me the award for like March – Outstanding Marching yeah. or something because I genuinely love that season. But I did agree with, okay, this is my last one. Let, let me try. And, and was it, what was interesting is that when they gave us our results, um, I remember – hearing them and i remember being in the room of some of those people that beat me and i was like really like i i didn't understand and from then i was i was very pissed off mm-hmm. and i was pissed off because like man like i know for one i know i tried for one i know i, I did at least better than that guy who mm-hmm. beat me by like five chairs like and that's because i wasn't even close to making it right because i we knew i and we, last week you briefly mentioned like as far as like the drummers like here in the valley like there's some very talented awesome guys here mm-hmm. and even now they have gone on you know and they're in austin or whatever they're yeah. doing they're still doing music now but my point is like yeah no like, i i wonder what what my overall thought had i been in the situation like that because like i said i was pissed off because like man like i know i did I, that guy was in my room like there's no freaking way that he did better than me and and even then i knew it wasn't because there was a couple guys that were younger but it wasn't that it was i heard them play mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're telling me that you're going to accept. Like, at least that was my mindset. You're telling me you're going to accept that type of playing. And I think, okay, the guys that you were talking about that maybe, you know, maybe made it five chairs ahead of you, mm-hmm. did they did they make it? No. Because I do feel like at some point they get their people that make it and they don't care about the rest. That's fair. Okay, okay. I do fair. think that that happens in the bigger rooms. My rooms were never that big. But I do think yeah, that like we had like four pat I mean four like yeah. four or five different rooms for drumming. Yeah, and like trumpets and clarinets, they had the same the yeah, same deal. So I do think I do okay. think that at some point they choose who makes it, and everyone else just kind of. There was gets one. The I'll shuffle. never forget my freshman year because I had become really good friends with. Uh, he's actually now some type of musical director at UTRGV. And we were talking about him last week. I, I I told you who he was. Yeah, yeah. And I think because I haven't talked to him in like over ten years, like that, I'm not, I'm not gonna mention his name, but. He can find him. I just saw he's he's a direct, some type of director at UTRGB. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so that year, I didn't try hard, but like I knew the music decently. But I was in the room with him. He was a senior. I was a freshman, and like 
And he actually become a very good, during that time he had become a very good friend because he was actually a very good leader. And he was a guitar player too. And we had the, we had the same guitar teacher outside of school. So we had that in common. Like yeah. it was really cool. And, uh, but I remember this kid from another school district uh, for people who don't know what a snare drum is, just type in snare drum, and that's what that's what that's the room we were in at the time. So every high school gets gets to take their own snare drums. Well, this asshole of a guy, kid, he's a senior, and he ended, he made he's like an all stater mm-hmm. at that time. He's like testing out the drum in front of the panel. Like you're supposed, to, they give us like three minutes to go in, like try, like do the music, go through our toe spots, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they bring the judges in, and then we play or whatever. And, and this as like, I'll never forget this because this was very fishy to me. Like you have to be quiet for when you can't talk because you're, you're a number. Mm-hmm. And this guy's like, like, he's like, Oh, I'm just testing whatever. I'm like, you like, even then as a freshman, I was like, like it didn't make, that didn't make sense to me. And now like maybe that's some of the unclarity that I have as far as all Valley goes. Like I'm not, cause the guys that I know who made it that were like legit, like they're legit. Like I have no argument. Mm-hmm. But when I hear someone like that, when we're supposed to be quiet, but yet this guy gets some type of privilege. Like he's kind of identifying himself in the yes. room. Yes. Yeah. And that, even then I took it as that. I, very, I took it much, very much as that. As like, we're supposed to be quiet. Why, why is he allowed to do this? Yeah. And of course, we just let it go. No and behold, he makes it and does his shit and whatever and whatever. And like I said, this over 10 years ago, but it's like, it's one of those moments of like, being in genuine and lying on your application <laughs> you know let's tie in the top let's go yeah. back to the top and tie and tying all that stuff and not being you know and of course i feel like some white lies are just like a gray area of fact that like you you forget exactly how it went mm-hmm. you know and so like it turns into a white lie but you you still mean right you're still genuine you still mean truth you still mean fact yeah you still mean right by the person that you're having a conversation with but like in that case where he's and and like I said, like if you're a musician, you understand. If you don't, I mean, I could go on. We could talk about it later, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe, probably not. It doesn't. It doesn't really. That the drumming part does not affect me. It's the it's the way the person was. It's the human being. It's the connection. It's the way they reacted. The way they didn't react. Mm-hmm. And then for the mediator to be like, like you have to start, and he's there like like an idiot, like playing dumb and doing this with a stupid snare drum. It's like. And even that year, like, uh, that that one, but that that was what stuck with me for freshman year. It was interesting. Uh, man, we went on that tangent <laughs> of yeah. music and all that. Cody Titan All Valley. Yeah. We can bring it back to well, well, because we were talking about like you know memorable moments of like you know the past sixteen years, mm-hmm. and I guess you heard one of my negative <laughs> moments of, of the past sixteen years because it, it, but it, but I guess. Because this is one of my 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 revolutions, I'll say, because it revolves around like kids, is wondering what kind of impact you can have on a child. You know, my example is always Luis because he's 15, he just turned 16, mm-hmm. and he's my only example because he's the one who I, he's the child that I work with the most, and seeing how, trying to see how he thinks and how things affect him in a certain way because of his situation at home, and then you know whatever. You know, that, you know, I was 14, 15, freshman year going through this thing that's confusing because you're telling me one thing and yet, you know, this guy's getting some type of exception. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still a very confusing time. And at least for me, my high school years only got more confusing. Just be, and it was, I guess in retrospect, it was a lot more self-confusing stuff because, like, I eventually made my decisions with certain things. And I was like, okay, like, you know, a lot of that was my fault. Like, I, I 
you know, yeah. all I can do is try to be better now, which is totally tailed into like my perceptions, my way of thinking, my want to way of thinking, you know, my want of way of thinking here mm-hmm. now is total reciprocal of that or total, no, not reciprocal, total, total like complementary of, of, of that, of my high school years and stuff like that. A positive moment was, oh, see, I was 10, 11, see, 9, 10, 10, 11. So I guess when I was 12 was when Gary Allen came to the Valley. Probably not for the first time, but it was the first time for me. Mm. And by this time, and actually I found this ticket stub. It was Pat Green, 2003, at the Villarreal. And that was the year that Wave on Wave came out. And that was Pat Green's first release through Nashville record label. That was when Pat Green left the Texas scene to go to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And he had released Wave on So by this time, I had already seen, I had already seen Pat Green live. I seen the Bellamy Brothers at least three times by this time. And there's actually, I found pictures of me and Gavin meeting the Bellinger Brothers, which is awesome. Uh, but anyways, so Gary Allen was in town. He, was, he played at the Mercedes Last Talk show. And he's, he's playing his content. I, I, really lo- I really enjoyed it. And by the reason why we went was because I think my mom had won tickets through KTEX. Mm-hmm. So we won, because the only record he had out at the time, I believe, well, it's called All Right Guy, and on the song, his single from that song, from that record was uh, Man to Man, which is a very good song, Man to Man, whatever. And uh, so I was like, yeah, let's, let's go to the concert. Like, you know, and it was me and my mom my dad, and we're in the stands like way towards the back, and, uh, but we're watching the concert, and I was having a good time. So then, I don't know when, but I just remember right where I need to be starting. And I said, in my head at least, I said, oh, my God, that's what I'm going to do. Like, that, that's what I'm going to do. There's no questions to anything else. And all I asked my mom was, hey, can I have guitar lessons in the summer? Because mm-hmm. I think this was like, this was, was March because it was a uh, livestock show. So that's around spring break. I'm like, well, wait till the summer for what? Because I, I think I was already in baseball. I mean, I was, by the time I'm playing baseball year round already by then, I was like six, sixth grade, seventh grade. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing, you know, baseball 12 months, 12 months a year. And, uh, but I had known that. And like, that's one of my remarkable moments because now we're here. And, like, the transition that I've gone through, even in the past five years of actually being paid to, to play music, you know, that transition on its own, that that's definitely a positive, remarkable time. Because even then, uh, Gary Allen, for people who don't know, if you look him up uh, during Smoke Rings in the Dark, which came out in 1999, I believe, uh, he had a certain image. You know, he wore, like, this big coat, like a raincoat. And a black hat, and he was in, he was always in a suit. That was his image back then. Was in a mm-hmm. suit. If you watch him now, you can tell how his life is going by the the, the way he dressed. Yeah. And and I that's very retrospective now for him, for me to see about him. Because if you see now, he's in a t-shirt or he's in a suit. He's in whatever he's in whatever he wants to be dressed in. Yeah. And he has an interesting past, which maybe we can talk about someday. And I I probably have mentioned brief facts about him, but anyways. Uh, but I remember him. The one thing I remember is him walking up in his like raincoat. It's like a trench coat, bro. Like it's like yeah. super heavy coat, black hat. And I'm like, oh my god, like this is awesome. I I, I already love the show. The, there was there wasn't even a lyric being sung yet, but when right where NTB came out, that freaking changed my life. And people, oh, how would you start playing guitar? I'm like, I I literally had an epiphany. I remember one time I was getting close to graduating, and I I knew a because of social media I had met some girl just via social media, but she knew one of our friends, but she's a I, th- I don't know if she f- finished as a commons major. But she was a comms major, like public comms and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And she had to do uh, an interview and, like, make, like, a presentation. 
And well, by this time I was already working. I was back in Corpus. I was going to school. I was working full time, and I had just started gigging, like real gigging. So I was like, hey, like, like, hey, when you like, whenever you want to do this, just let me know. So she ended up being like on a time constraint. She might have procrastinated. That's that's what I, that's something I can guess now as I'm talking out loud. I don't know. But like, hey, whenever you want, she's like, oh, well, he's like, let me just send you the questions, and if you could reply, or if you could like answer them all, like, cool. And so, but that was one of the questions, you know, obviously one of the, cause she doesn't know me in person. So it was like one of the introductory questions was like, how, how did you get started, you know, in your career path? And I said, it was, lit- and I put, I remember typing this. I'm like, it was literally an epiphany. I went to a Gary Allen concert back in 2004 ish, 2003. And, and one song literally changed my whole mindset. Like I wasn't, now I came in now cause I was very athletic and whatnot, but it's remarkable even now. And this was, you know, a few years ago. And now, you know, we're 2017. You know, that was at least 13 years ago, 14 yeah. years ago that this happened. And, you know, I can still talk about it today because I remember it so prompt. It was just, it's just so clear in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those moments that I don't know if anybody else have. Do you have any any of those moments? Like were something that, that, that just clicked and you're like, okay, I, maybe not. I'm not saying career-wise, but just something that clicked. Like, okay, I, I either want to be like that person or mm-hmm. I want to do that thing. Even if it's adventurous, like just hobby. Or, you know, if, have you ever had any of those moments? Not off the top of my head, I guess. I guess not if I can't remember them, you know, <laughs> yeah. like that so clear and so vividly off the top of my head, then probably not. But. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe we can, we can continue pondering on this later on. But, yeah, but, but just to tie this up, uh, man, we're already getting at an hour. I still have one more question. Or one more one more segment. It's not really a question. We didn't get any questions on live.me, so we'll, I guess we can move on. Let's just move on uh, from this 9-11. You know, uh, it's one thing to remember that day. And because of because that happened, I, again, wanted to find optimism in these past 16 years that 9-11 has, you know, happened. And then not to mention 2012, Benghazi. That's when Benghazi happened, 9-11, 2012. Mm-hmm. That's when the whole Benghazi, if you haven't seen 13 Hours or read the book 13 Hours, I have both. Uh, you can, you know, do, I suggest you do one or the other. And, you know, you know I guess do, do some research of your own to, if you don't know about it, if, you, you know, if, you're, if you're curious, you know, the, the soldiers of Benghazi. But anyways, what I, what I w- did want to tie in, you know, and keep the humanistic side prominent is treat others as you want to be treated. And we know that we tell that we get told that, excuse me, all the time. Mm-hmm. The reason why I originally brought this up before I thought of the 9/11 thing, or I went on the 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 internet to see what news and you know 9/11 and whatnot, um, was me and my mom were talking. One, of, like I said, one of her friends' sons went through their transition, what I call transition, at the age of 22. Others at 18, you know, whatever. And at some point, it got to where they essentially, they, of course, they're, they're, this sounds horrible, but they essentially kick their kids out. And a lot of certain cultures and belief systems on their own, as, or I guess a better way to say a, a lot of families in their own right, you know, they have a certain like culture within themselves, right? So a lot of times you're either 18 and you need, you need to figure out your your own stuff. Like, once you're 18, you're done, I'm done with you, basically. That's yeah. what, so to not go too deep into that, I think a lot of people can relate to that. One way, either you were kicked out or you were, you continued to be, uh, I don't know if nourished is the right word, but you were continued to be helped 
and guided, mm-hmm. you know, past the 18-year mark, right? And because one of my mom's questions is always, how can people send their parents to a home, to a retirement home, or to a nursing home? So I said, well, why do parents kick their kids out at 18? And I'm like, I can argue, and I... I don't know how, how I would do this data. And I think it's very deep. I don't know. I wonder how many people would say it truthfully. Mm-hmm. But how many parents kick, and I, I call it kicking out. That's what I'm calling it. How many parents kick out their kids at 18? Then when they get older and it's time to, hey, are you going to take care of your mom? Are you going to have a at-home nurse, you know, 24 mm-hmm. hours? How many of those kids send their parents to retirement homes? And how easy is it? To send their parents to retirement. Because I, I don't guarantee it. But I, my opinion is of that if they were kicked out, that's how they were treated. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's easy to, to just reciprocate that. It's, just, it's easy just to go out because that's how you were treated. And yeah. that's one thing that and I told my mom, I'm like, okay, this is my philo- my philosophical thought of the day. Because <laughs> after I realized this saying out loud, and, and it's very much my opinion for those of you listening, but think about it. I think it's I think it's a good thing to think about. And even now, if if you were a person listening now, and if you were quote my, my quote, you know, kicked out at 18, you know, even if you're successful, or maybe you're not successful, maybe you're struggling, maybe you know, it, there's the dichotomy of that too. But how more, how much more willing are you to send your parent parents to a nursing home when they become of that age, when they need help, care, help and care 24 hours a day, versus those who weren't those who are allowed to stay home and eventually I think there's different because interesting enough my dad's taking steps with me and, and I didn't catch him till later but now it's like okay cool like and even now we're, me and Brian talk about it all the time like as far as like office or apartment office or apartment you know and trying to figure that out and different mm-hmm. things like that and we're getting there but at least we know we're gonna we want to take care of it ourselves we're not thrown out on the street not knowing how to live in the quote-unquote real world mm-hmm. whereas like a lot of people and a lot of people will continue to do that I mean, this is only one podcast. There's only one person saying this, mm-hmm. at least from this, from this, uh, maybe from this point of view. But it, it, it was, it was what I wanted to tie in, tie up today, because I feel like it was very prominent to remind people, like you know, treat others the way you want to treat it, because you got to think about the future. And I think in this sense, you should, you should, and you should want to think about the future. Mm-hmm. And you know how how easy it is if you're, if you have a child and you're like, oh well, when he's 18, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, he has to worry about college on his own. He has to worry about living on his own. He has to worry about fitting himself, mm-hmm. and and go from there. Because I want, because I, I guess another question, rhetorical question I can think of is like, you know, you know how how did how was their past experience that has led them to that? Because I I do know a couple of people, a few people that they were nourished and they were guided past eighteen, but yet they have this mindset. It's like where did that mindset come from? Because I've told Brian over and over, and I. I rarely believe, and I and I usually dig until I find out how something is not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it's and this is a long stem because it's been a while that I've told Brian over and over like, there's no coincidences. Yeah. Like there's there's a stem from somewhere, and yeah. I will argue and I will find it. And if you just give me the time, I will find it. And I think I'm close to 100% accurate in finding some stem, even if it's a little thing. If it's enough to for you to experience and get into your subconscious, people don't realize how powerful your subconscious is. Yeah. So, we're at the hour mark, 
And I want to. I, I wanted to leave it with that because I, I I wanted time some business, but then also the moving the concept of moving the concept, concept of focus. I think if you can realize where you stand on on any of these questions, it can help you and hopefully guide you to. Uh, besides a life, I mean the cliche is like you know life that you want to live, and that a lot of people say that. Even life coaches now and on YouTube and stuff, you hear that, or I hear it at least, and it's like okay, but for me, I guess, well maybe it should be enough. It's like it's not because I feel like a great example is like Brian, you know, taking those steps to become one of the best saxophone players in the, in the state of Texas. And, and, you know, you take those steps to just go and accomplish and then go on to the next one, you know. And now we're here sitting in, this, in my desk area recording this podcast on live and on, and on live.me and, you know, going, filtering and going through these questions and then developing more business products, more things that – will hopefully, and I venture to argue, you know, bring more value to everybody that we know and then hopefully stems out to everybody that, you know, if they do, if you do, if you do want a better uh, life, you know, there, there's actionable ways, but it takes action and just little steps by steps, you know. Yeah. The cool thing is, like, I feel like at least for 25-year-olds, we don't have to be in a rush. Some people, they're, they are in a rush. like, ah, oh, no, we actually have some, we actually have some time. As long as you dig hard enough on your, like, okay. Maybe this is taking steps on its own. But if you dig hard enough day to day, then there is no rush. Because that in itself is building. Yeah, you're you're building slowly, but it's it's progress nonetheless. Yes. Yeah. Lately I've I've kind of been thinking a lot more that you know how how well, I don't know how many people say it, but I've I've heard out there that you know the 20s is kind of like your 20s you should like experience, be selfish, Experiment stuff like that. Too, yeah. yeah. And and lately, I feel like I, I have been doing it, or I, I fall more into that category. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I don't want to feel so pressured to, to accomplish like huge things, or you know, to take huge leaps in 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 like a career, um, aspect. Mm-hmm. That I, I'd rather just kind of, I I feel that if I work on myself, through like experiencing and experimenting and. It's it's like you said it's it's progress and it'll kind of um, pay off maybe in my thirties but yeah. all all of this like all of my my twenties it's kind of been I've been working towards those yeah. those bigger leaps and I'm not in a rush to accomplish those things now now if I can yeah, yeah. before then if you end up hitting yeah, something yeah. you end up hitting gold it's like okay yeah. but I I think it's it's okay to to kind of take take that. <laughs> Take that gap decade in your twenties, I guess. Right, right. In a sense, yeah. you know. But as long, and also as long as you're moving, because even if you work at McDonald's and you hate it, but at least you're working. You're, you're, you know what you don't want. Yeah. And we can tie in that another day, but, uh, but yeah, definitely. I, I don't want to go too much too far in tangents because we already hit an hour, so. Um, perfect, perfect tail end, here. You know, making progress, making a little bit of movement. Uh, before I get into, of course, the final quote. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave reviews. Uh, whatever iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Overcast. I stopped doing the YouTube thing. Honestly, it's it's going back to the dip and value and you know what what do I really, really want to centralize? And lately, it's been blogging and this podcast mm-hmm. and you know and and YouTube. I, I mean, I'm using it for my own for my own benefit right now. I'm, I'm studying. I'm listening to these guys that are heavily influential and I I trust in their value. So I just want to help find my own point of view using all of this value you know using all this value that i find valuable you know using that on its own um so brian if you want to give your social media right quick, yeah you can go ahead and find me on uh, twitter 
and Instagram under Brian Alejandro underscore B R Y A N A L E J A N D R O underscore. Uh, you can also find me on Fiverr for all your Excel needs. Um, same name without the underscore, just Brian Alejandro. Um, that's it. Sweet. So for moving with life, of course, you can find me on my personal stuff, but I do, I would like everyone to go to movingwithlife.co and that'll give you everything, social media, the whole works. I do, I am planning and I have stayed true to, uh, well, I mean, it's only been like open for like, I think this would be the second full week. So I released, I released a blog last Monday and I'll release a blog tomorrow for moving with life. Mm -hmm. My personal blog is way more scattered and it, once you, once you read it, you'll, it'll make sense. Um, but, and all this stuff, will be, of course, all this stuff is always in the show notes, you know, for the most part, as far as like, uh, all of Brian's information, all of my information, but, uh, movingwithlive.co, you can find everything there. And that'll wrap it up. The quote I do want to leave with today, and I got this from my mom, because my mom says my grandma used to say this. And it makes so much sense, because I feel like it, it does tie in everything we've talked about today. And uh, it's primarily with decision-making and not, and, making, and not making a decision. Mm -hmm. But I think when I say it, it'll make a lot of sense. And again, I got this from my grandma. And this is probably some proverb that she heard, like, who knows when. My, my grandma passed away 2013. And so either way, she, she used to say, and it, okay, she used to say this in Spanish. I said, Mom, can you tell me that in English? <laughs> so, I can, so I can write it down. Yeah. I knew what she said, but like, okay, I need, I need to be able to translate this so right. people can understand. So in English, it is, the cage can be made of gold, but it's still a cage. Mm. 